Do the business practices of some polygamy groups validate that they are the kingdom of God? We'll talk about that more next on Polygamy. What love is this? This is part two of our discussion of business dealings of the Kingston Polygamy Group with Bishop Earl Erskine. Thank you for helping me with participating yeah. in all of these quotes that, that we've got. This crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. It just is. Like your introduction there about business practices. And <laughs> the crazy. business practices. Yeah. They're God's kingdom, but they can't be upright in their business. In part one, we did discuss... Um, begin discussion of an article that was written in the year 2000 and published by the Denver Rocky Mountain News about some questionable and even mafia-connected business dealings that the Kingstons were involved in at that time. Of course, all through the article, Eldon Kingston, who managed the businesses in question, adamantly denied any truth to the newspaper reports. Of course, they deny it. I mean, they're not going to admit it. See, we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, look what we're doing. For viewers who are unfamiliar with the Kingston Polygamy Group, Paul Kingston is the leader. He has over 30 wives. And many years ago, 10 years ago or more, he was said to have had over 350 kids. So now he, he has uh, 450 to 500 kids. Oh, the group's religion and businesses are led by seven Kingston brothers and a few close relatives. Each brother is a polygamist and each wife is expected to give birth to a child a year. So we'll quote again from the Denver Post article. Yeah. Unlike several other Utah polygamous groups, the Kingstons believe that their bloodlines are pure and must be carefully bred. Incest in the group is epidemic, former members said, with the Kingstons marrying nieces, half-sisters, and cousins. Male members who are not of the good blood have trouble finding any wives at all. Unlike most fundamentalist religious groups, the Kingstons do not proselytize for new recruits, preferring to make new members by prodigious coupling with their relatives. That kind of puts it in a nutshell. A lot of illnesses and stuff. Well, there's a, there are a lot of birth defects, birth de a lot of problems, a lot birth, of problems with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one former member who was interviewed for this article explains that the Kingston boys take most of the young girls as plural wives, leaving a shortage of females. They spot the young, cute girls and tell them that they've received direction from God to marry her. This was sure. a big deal when, <laughs> yeah. when I was there. And then they shower the prospective plural wife with gifts. And then she's to go pray and see if she receives direction from God. And of course, uh, if the truth is known, there is no way that a female would say no at this point. She wouldn't it's dare. A little burning in the bosom kind they of thing. They have some kind of an emotional <laughs> response, yes. The, the quote is this. It's sad in a way because it's always the young, cute girls. It's never the overweight, plump ones. It seems to me that somebody in the group would get a clue as to what's going on here, but they don't. They don't question it. They're taught to be obedient. And that answers all of the questions. Yeah. Why don't they question? They don't dare question. They're not supposed to. And that's true in the Mormon church. You're not supposed yeah, to question. Oh, for sure. 
and this is typical of most of the polygamy groups, polygamy really is not a viable, safe, alternative lifestyle as some people like to say it is. It's about control and power and sex and money and, and claims of ultimate religious power and authority under God. But God does not command or condone their kind of behavior or lifestyle. And polygamy is not God's way to heaven. Jesus Christ is. Now, the writer of this article in the Denver newspaper did some real good investigating, interviewing people um, who knew what they were talking about, yeah. even though this was written 19 years ago. Some of it could be today's news, especially in light of the current <laughs> billion-plus-dollar lawsuit that the Kingstons are currently yeah, facing. There's not too much doubt that it's getting better. <laughs> Another practice sets the Kingston clan apart from other polygamous groups. Despite the vast wealth the group has accumulated, group members and even some of their leaders live in hovels scattered throughout Salt Lake City and nearby towns. Some of the homes are mildewed with rotting, unpainted walls and cheap, tattered rugs. The male members own the rundown housing with a house reserved for each wife, but the wives of the Kingston brothers must pay rent from their earnings at mostly minimum wage jobs at family-owned companies, according to former members. And that's what irritates me, too, <laughs> that they would do that. The, the world of the members of the Kingston Polygamy Group revolves around marriages and businesses. Yeah. That's their world. Marriage arrangements often begin in a girl's early teens, and, and females are required to take marriage classes beginning at 11 years old. Oh, gee. The Kingston Polygamy Group was started in 1935 as a result of a vision where God told Kingston to found a new order based on fundamentalist Mormon principles, including polygamy. It is often referred to as the order or the co-op by members of the group. We quote. Some more quote. <laughs> co-op members lived communal lives, giving as much as they could to the greater benefit of the group. Members signed an agreement stating, I voluntarily transfer all claim and title to all my possessions to said society as a gift. I also agree to turn the results of my labor together with the results of my wife and family's labor to the society as long as we are members. And in case I or we ever withdraw from the society, I or we claim no equity whatsoever in the society. You know... <laughs> Cover their Again, there, Again <laughs> yeah. People can become members only by paying a membership fee. And the last I heard, it was $5,000. Oh, and it's never refundable, period. Yeah. And by signing, they must also sign over all personal possessions to the group and agree that if they ever leave, all of their possessions yeah. will yeah, remain in the group. the group. They've got a very lucrative scam going. And they're selling very expensive tickets to heaven. And they <laughs> place the burden of that scam on God. Yeah. Now, at the time of this article was published, arcade and pinball and slot machines were a real hot item. So they were lucrative in that, too. We yeah. have another quote. <laughs> Although the Kingstons were willing to talk in a limited fashion about their business dealings, they refused to answer questions about their religious beliefs. Eldon Kingston, however, said some of the religious questions asked by the Denver Rocky Mountain News were so ridiculous, I didn't have time to answer them. <laughs> because members are forbidden to tell outsiders information about what's going on inside the, In the group, group, he wouldn't have truthfully answered any of their questions anyway. <laughs> so they can say, well, that's ridiculous or that's silly, and then refuse to answer them. Um, well, the amusement machine business is cash-based. 
cash-based business. Handy. So it makes it easy to launder money and to wiggle their way into bar and liquor and gaming interests with all that cash. Money laundering, of course, is one of the many alleged crimes that the federal government has currently charged the two Kingston boys with, but it looks like that they were doing this very thing years earlier. Because it says, at a single location in Salt Lake City, illegal Kingston video poker machines took in so much money that they had to be emptied every day to make room for more coins and bills, said a one-time Klan member. The Kingstons have had transactions with companies controlled by organized crime, according to official state and federal crime reports. Now, if water seeks its own level, you know, we can kind of say that in business dealings as well. The newspaper lists some of the crime-related organizations that the Kingstons did business with, but they denied doing business deals with them or even knowing the individuals involved. Of course, they would deny it. A former employee... told of a relationship between Eldon Kingston and Carmen Ritchie. Would you call that Ritchie or Ricky? Ricky, Ricky maybe, I don't know. Ricky and two associates were uh, indicted in 1991 for conspiring with the Philadelphia Mafia to manufacture and distribute illegal gaming devices. According to the article, Kingston purchased some of those illegal machines. And yet he said this, Elton, Eldon Kingston said, I don't recall ever meeting or talking to Ricky. I would not know him if I met him on the street. The other main supplier of slot machines to the Kingstons a decade ago was SMS Manufacturing, a New Jersey company. According to a 1992 New Mexico report by the Governor's Organized Crime Prevention Commission, SMS was controlled by organized crime. The Luchis and Bruno Scarfo organized crime families fought and murdered for control of SMS, the report said. So, uh, and again, Kingston denied uh, that any of this is true, and, and he went along with all the other denials. But at the very least, this information renders them sp- suspect. Yeah, it sure does. Why would they even be doing business with these kinds of businesses? They're God's kingdom, aren't they? There's more. Uh, the former employee said that the Kingston group hires toughs to beat up a would-be competitor in the Salt Lake City video poker business. The competitor got the message and left town, he said. Now, I remember hearing something about this several years ago, and and it was more than once, actually, where they actually hire, what do they call them, these people that will come beat you up to, yeah, to do what they want you to do. Hitmen or something. Hitmen, yeah. Um, but I have heard of that of the events like this. And the Mountain mm-hmm. Coin, the company involved with organized crime, had been in Colorado's coin machine business since 1977. Now, they're no longer doing business in Utah under that name, but we have a quote. Mountain Coin's Colorado operation sells amusement and vending machines to root operators. Mountain Coin's sister company, A&E Amusements, leases machines and sometimes makes loans to bar owners who agree to install its devices. Still another Kingston company, Fidelity Funding, finances the transactions for bar owners who need a loan. Over the years, some of those machines have had a gambling motif, law enforcement officials say. In a typical neighborhood bar, a video poker machine prominently displays a sign reading for amusement only. A more accurate label would be for appearances only, said Colorado Bureau of Investigation agent Bob Brown. 
Trusted regulars at these bars can use these machines as gambling devices and win or lose as much as the fates allow. So they were involved yeah. very heartily in gambling. Of course, LDS, Mormons, Mormonism has always been against gambling, yeah. against yeah. that. And we wonder if they ever wonder if Jesus would condone these kinds of business practices. Now, keep in mind, they are a religious organization. They practice polygamy and believe that polygamy is God's way to heaven. Hmm. They also practice incest. As we've shown. <laughs> They've made illegal marriages, been involved with welfare fraud, domestic abuse, and uh, of course that's way over the top. Um, and they lie for the Lord as if God needed their help. <laughs> the Colorado Bureau of Investigation discovered that illegal gambling machines were being bought and sold, and so they investigated Mountain Coin. Even after investigators <laughs> purchased illegal slot machines from Mountain Coin hmm. and arrested the employees who made the sale, Eldon Kingston continued to deny that they were making illegal business transactions. Caught with their hand in the cookie jar and they're denying that their deny. hand is there. Yeah. According to the article, Kingston's were also involved in a huge way with what they called charitable gambling. <laughs> now, charitable gambling is in Colorado, okay, this is in Colorado, is how nonprofit organizations could raise money in certain gambling activities because there was a loophole in Colorado law. Now, the article said that the Kingstons were by far the largest player in the nonprofit gambling. They did and find the, a loophole. Huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and the company hired professional pit bosses and uh, to run these gambling events. Jeez. The loophole, of course, has since been closed, and it's illegal to do that anymore. But again, Eldon Kingston denied the company's involvement, saying it was a venture of a former owner. <laughs> But records with the law agencies prove otherwise. <clears throat> yeah, it says there through their subsidiary A and E Amusements, the Kings Kingstons also have made loans to Colorado bars. A and E's typical contract with a bar owner calls for a 50-50 split of the profits from the amusement machines. A and E loans to bars are paid off from the bar owner's share until the debt is satisfied. The agreements contain a clause that can cost a bar owner dearly, as former Denver Bronco cornerback Mike Harden learned. Now, Mike Harden got involved in a business dealing with them. Wow. He opened a sports bar in 1989 uh, in Denver, and in 1992 he got a $4,000 loan from the Kingston-owned business on a three-year contract for them to install music and amusement machines, but he sold the bar two months later. Hmm. Now, a Denver attorney said that usually when a lease is broken, the property owner must attempt to lease it again. A&E obviously wanted the cash, no matter who it hurt. Instead of picking up the machines and installing them in other locations, they sued him for what they expected to earn for the next three years. Harden had to pay them $33,000. So much investment. for practicing the golden rule. Yeah that they claim is their standard. Yeah. Now, some may say, well, this is just good business practice. You know, keep the religion out of it. But the Kingstons are the ones who put religion into it. They claim to be God's kingdom and that the golden rules are foundation and their mandate. So they can hardly observe the, the golden rule or God's grace 
um, in these kinds of dealings. No. It, just, it just isn't it. I mean, it's all contradictory when we put it all together. Now, many people who have left the Kingston Polygamy Group realize that they were brainwashed while they were in it until a person sees and experiences life outside of their isolated conditions. They can never know that they were conditioned to think a certain way. They can never know that they were brainwashed until they get unbrainwashed. Yeah. You have to unlearn so many things so true. when you leave. Well, you had to when you even, left even Mormon Church. Even basic unlearn. Mormonism, yeah. But same thing. Polygamy is a whole other level. It is, <laughs> and a whole other level. Yeah. Now, a question that is asked in this article is, why do the women stay in the Kingston clan? <laughs> and one former member answered it like this. If you try to figure it out, you'll probably go nuts. It's a mystery. I used to have to inspect their cars. I've had a lot of the girls driving around in cars that were totally unsafe. I had one girl one day break down on me when I told her this car is not worth fixing. She was one of the leader's wives. He's a multimillionaire. My son-in-law's sister is married to His Holiness, Paul Kingston. She's 30 years old, has nine kids, and she has to decide each month whether she's going to pay the rent or feed some of the kids. If you were raised in the group from when you were a kid and the whole family, your cousins, brothers, sisters, and everyone in your family is part of it, where are you going to go? And say, if you have nine kids, what are you going to do? When you're coming out of the group, you pretty much have to step into an entirely different world. And that's exactly what it is. And that's what you try to do world. is help them. And help right? them, yeah, yeah, help make that transition. Yeah. Uh, one, first of all, help them see that they don't have to be in it and that yeah. there is help if they come out. Now, one woman who managed to get out of her nightmare of life and polygamy said that when women escape from these groups, they often have to be rehabilitated yeah. and, and, and using that word. And some don't know how to live outside of the group. They, don't, they know nothing about setting up maybe a personal bank account or making their own decisions, even in the smallest things. Uh, getting out is difficult, and staying out is, and becoming self-sufficient is almost impossible. Now, the article records Eldon Kingston's explanation of who they are <laughs> and who he was, but he doesn't mention that they are obligated to lie for the Lord. So keep that in mind as, as you quote this part of the article. There's been a lot of news media coverage that has tried to portray the Kingstons as some kind of a secret religious group. They have been called names, ridiculed, discriminated against, and persecuted, all because some of their religious beliefs were different than the majority of the people. The people that really know the Kingstons know those, these stories simply are not true and realize they are just normal people trying to make an honest living. If you ever got to know me, you would see that I put my pants on one leg at a time, the same as you. I follow the Denver Nuggets, the Broncos, Utah Jazz, and other sporting events. I pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in state, local, and federal taxes, and I try to comply with all the laws. I employ large numbers of people. Should you get to know me, you would find that I try to deal honestly and fairly with all the people I can come in contact with. I try to treat everyone as well as I possibly can. I believe in respecting all religious beliefs in living and let live. <laughs> Sounds like a real sales pitch there, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And that was Eldon Kington's self-portrayal. Right. Okay. He didn't say how many wives he had or how many relatives that he was married to. <laughs> Neither did he say how many children he has fathered. 
Neither did he say that each wife would be scraping the bottom of the barrel daily just to supply necessities for her family. And he, like the other Kingston men, may have put his pants on one leg at a time, but he took those pants off in too many different bedrooms and treated his wives and children as though they were of a lower class than he. He claimed he did business honestly, but this article and other evidence reveals some silent, secret, and shady business dealings. And Paul Kingston, their leader, is both a CPA and a lawyer. Now, what does that tell you? And most members, of course, believe that he is God's living spokesman, just wow. like the leader of the LDS Church. <laughs> They've got the same kind of a leader. Yeah. But he isn't God's spokesman. Neither was Warren Jeffs or Joseph Smith. Yet they were all considered holy men speaking to man for God. But Jesus is the only mediator speaking for God to man. No matter what they believe yeah. about these humans, Jesus alone is the mediator. These Mormon leaders have usurped the power and authority and the position that Jesus Christ alone holds. And the power they stole will not benefit them, nor will it benefit their followers on God's judgment day. And finally, we thought that we would share comments from a couple of people who successfully escaped the Kingston group the comments, however, must remain anonymous. Hmm. Have you got those? I don't have those. You don't have those on there? No. Well, now that's right. quite strange. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's a couple of them there. All right. This family will stop at nothing for their own selfish gain. It totally makes me sick. I am so freaking glad we left when we did and never looked back. They have done some really nasty things to their own family, and now they are branching out. All I have to say is good luck to them that they think they're above the law because it's going to catch up to them and I really hope they pay. It is not okay to make your young kids eat out of trash cans and live like they do in a third world country just to give some so-called to give to some so-called church. And then lastly, I think I remember when I was young, I and my family were dumpster diving in order to get enough to eat. That was back in the 60s and 70s. I would have thought that it had changed after all these years, but I guess it hasn't. And it still goes on. Yeah. And, you know, we, we interviewed um, Nicole Moffey a few, well, several weeks ago, yeah. a couple of months ago. She had written her book, right. The Leader's Daughter, and, um, and she affirmed that they're still doing the dumpster driving. They are still uh, having to scrape for, to, for the food and resources for their families. And this would be like at the back of Smith's or Dan's or... The grocery, grocery stores, stores mm -hmm. and other yeah, restaurants or bagel places or something. And I don't know the details yeah. of it all. Restaurant or um, grocery stores are mostly what I've heard them yeah. say that they've done. They would make arrangements with uh, the produce department manager to, at the end of the day, come and get all that they were going to throw out. Throw out. Mm -hmm. And then Nicole said that they would tell them that they had a farm and that they were going to feed it to their animals when really they were going to feed it to their families. Oh, boy. And so you take a look at all of this and you see all that we've talked about today and, and this billion dollar lawsuit that they're having, all these millions of dollars that they've sent out of the country when they could be helping. <laughs> 52 million it was at least, he to said, Turkey. to Turkey. Yeah, at that one time. Yeah, <laughs> and is that to a bank account for, like you said, in case they need to? It's my understanding it's a personal account that they have yeah. in Turkey too. And, and someone said that they had been sending it over there so that they would have money to live on when they, if, if they, they had, had to, to flee. To get away. Yeah. 
So it's, it's a sad situation. I just got information um, not, well, a few weeks ago, actually, from somebody who was in the group uh, and posted uh, uh, what they have their members sign for a last will and testament, required signing. Oh my. And and the last will and testament specifically states that the deceased person, you, you sign it when you're alive, of course, right. but that no member of their family, no matter who it is, can expect to get anything and any inheritance from the deceased, that it all That's goes to, go to, to the, the coffers. And if anybody wants to um, sue for it, remember, Paul Kingston is both an attorney and a CPA, so he's got he all this information. Yeah, he's got it covered. Yeah. That if anybody wants to sue for it, the most that they can ever expect to get would be ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. Built into the. And they have to sign it. Yeah, I've got oh. all the legal documents that they've got copies of it, all that they have to sign. So it's a scam, you know. It's a scam that that they they are selling um, eternal life. Isn't that what the Mormon Church does? Don't they yeah, tell oh, yeah. you to tithe and they call it fire oh, insurance? Oh, sure, yeah, you bet. Yeah, All the commandments and getting through through the, through the temple and all that's required to get to heaven. So it's just a twist on the same thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, is. it? It's just a, a doctrine that's been taken from jo that Joseph Smith started. All man-made. That's all a lie. Yeah. They've, they've changed how you get into heaven, <laughs> and they've, they've put the burden on the back of the people so heavy they can hardly bear it. It's just sad. It is sad. And we've had so many testimonies, like you said, from books and some of your guests that have shown how that this is all true, verified. That verify these are all true. And their stories don't contradict others. They no. just add to them, right. but they don't contradict. Yeah. Where you can get into some of the things they do, like these quotes that we've done where they contradict um, their standard. When they say that, that their standard is the golden rule, where? <laughs> Yeah. Where's the golden rule in no. their dealings? No. Not the way they deal with their families, no. not, the day they, not the way they deal with their plural wives. Or their business dealings. Or their businesses. Yeah. Terrible. At all. And then they give all of these politicians this money. And, you, and why do we wonder how come there is no justice to people fleeing polygamy groups? They've been bought off? Is, is, that, what, is that what it is? Yeah, I don't, yeah you... Again, it's an illegal activity to begin with, so you you wonder how it even holds up you or stands up. You wonder why they even yeah. take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our story <laughs> on the Kingston Polygamy Group for this time. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come up next? Yeah. So I uh, thank you, Earl. Thanks yeah. so much for coming so along here. You know, it's um, and closing. God's instruction to mankind are contained in the Bible. And he promised that his word is eternal and that it would endure forever, that it would never be lost or corrupted. But all of Mormonism denies the credibility and the accuracy of the Bible. However, we know that God cannot lie. The Bible is true. It needs no other testimony to verify or explain what it says because the Bible is its own interpreter. All of Mormonism, including the polygamists, claim that they are followers of Jesus Christ, but they neither believe what Jesus said, nor do they trust Jesus Christ alone as their Savior. They all trust in their own works and religious rituals of polygamy to save them. Someone once described what being a Christian means in three points. 
points. One, salvation is in Jesus alone. Two, God's word is in the Bible alone. And three, we are saved by grace alone, not by works. Anything else is a counterfeit Christianity. Thank you for watching. God bless. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.